Okay, so this will be the last video in the Ask the CEO series. I'm sure we'll probably do this again uh, as things progress, but I wanted to uh, get this last uh, video out to you and hopefully I get all of your questions addressed. Okay, so the first question is about the business address that appears on OTC markets. Um, it, it, we've dealt with this many, many times, I, I think. Um, for those that are asking questions that we've already answered, let me just say this. I, I strongly recommend that you go through uh, the videos we have on the channel. It's only been three months or so. I forget how many videos we have there, but we have an entire series that addresses a lot of the questions we got this time around and even in a, in a few subsequent um, uh, videos that we've done uh, have repeated questions, uh, particularly revolving around uh, this question and a few others. So <clears throat> the corporate address, we do a corporate address. We have a mailing annex that we use. We actually have more than one and we list one of those addresses with OTC markets. I believe it's the same address on the website, uh, even on when you Google the, the, uh, Google the company. The answer to this question is, again, it's a mailing annex. No, uh, we'll not publicly release the physical address of the company until uh, the facility or we are moved into a facility that would be secured. We had a few instances years ago and as a result we've uh, taken measures until proper security can be put in place for the company so I, I, I know for some reason this keeps coming up I, 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 I understand I think partially why for those that are on OTC looking for something that's wrong or, or uh, looking for a reason that's fine uh, you know I, I've got a few phone calls as well they want me to address this. There's there's nothing I can say or do that is going to change the tactics and behaviors on OTC markets. Now, for those that are looking to do due diligence, I understand that OTC markets has its challenges. All I could say, you take a look at the financials, we are auditing those, so they'll be certified. And you can take a look at those revenues. I think an address is probably irrelevant considering how most business is done today and how many businesses use the same tactics that we're using as far as having a, a separate mailing address. So hopefully that puts that to bed uh, and we'll move on to the next question. You often mention that there's a schedule of press releases to stick to. Does that mean there are specific days marked on a calendar? How does that work if you are negotiating deals? <clears throat> so uh, yes, there are specific days marked on the calendar. Uh, any, anything that's in process or being negotiated that doesn't go on the calendar until it's completed. So there's there's tentative dates on uh, certain activities that we may be engaging in as far as there may be a demonstration, there may be a, or a planned demonstration depending on which agency we're dealing with, or there may be, um, there may be some type of, uh, like I said, a negotiation happening or even uh, purchase contracts. Purchase contracts really can't be announced until they're concluded. So there's a, a calendar that we stick to. It's a, pretty much a hard calendar. And then the, there's another schedule that we're working on as far as project management. And that's a completely separate uh, calendar. So uh, as far as dates, those are fixed, uh, which is probably going to get into some of these other questions that we have here. Uh, 
typically when a Q ends, basically this is more questions about when are we going to get Q2. So <clears throat> uh, this is interesting that we keep getting this question. Q2 is not over. Now it's going to be over here shortly, but we've been getting this question for about a month and a half, right? So Q2 will end, and then within a couple of weeks, we'll post our financials and disclosures. I don't think we need to keep going over that. That's very odd that we keep focusing on Q2, uh, considering that the, the, the questions I was receiving earlier, just a few short weeks ago, were when are, when are you going to be current? And financials and disclosures, well, now we're, we, we're past that, and now we're on to Q2 before it closes. A little strange, right? So I understand that we've been getting calls in on this. I've been trying to take as many calls as I can, but let's let's um, let's let's try to focus as shareholders on what we're doing right now and how that's going to get us to the next step. And then when it's time for something like Q2, then we talk about Q2. And I think I've said several times in previous, probably in two or three videos, that we're going to go over Q2 as a group. So. Um, as far as when that's going to happen, it's a couple weeks after the, Q, the QNs, okay? Long time, okay, has, oh, okay, so this is a question about Mr. Estrada, um, ask if he's ever sold any products. Um, this individual, I would recommend you do your due diligence. Many patents, uh, obviously, uh, eCrutch, when we purchased um, Rigid Orthopedics, uh, we've, we've converted over to uCrutch. eCrutch is still in the market. Uh, for a separate agreement, Ucrutch will be launched under UAT. We're actually in next generation on that. When we're going to release that, I'm not sure. We'll probably go forward with Ucrutch for a period of time. And then the next generation, we're, we're doing some tensile strength testing on the new design, when that's going to be concluded and when that can fit into a production calendar, which is a completely separate issue, I will I will let you know. But that's, that's not slated for this year, uh, just so on that. Uh, the other Clearview Risk Fixator, when we purchased uh, Rigid, we, we took that out of the market. It was a, a great product. We want to improve it. We're on next generation. Clearview will be released as quickly as possible, uh, being able to fit that into production calendars. A lot of things happening right now, so we've had to make a few adjustments on that. And that's just two examples. Uh, okay, some, some more insight on schedules of PR. This apparently is coming from a capital group, so you should know why I'm going to say no. Uh, no, I'm not going to get into a schedule of when the press releases are going to come out. That's kind of a silly question. Any definitive date uh, for Q2 release? Uh, we already went over that. Data town hall and shareholder call. So great question. I am pushing for the town hall to be... Uh, as quickly as possible. I have an idea of time frame. I don't want to build an expectation. So, uh, and I'm going to group town hall and shareholder call all in the same category, even though I'm, I am considering doing two separate events. So the town hall, you know, I got to, I got to get a few, get through a few more things with the company, and then we're going to do a town hall. It's, it's important to me, and I, I think it, you'll see why it'll, it'll be important to you as shareholders to have that town hall after we get through a few things so we can address everything. I think I've said this previously. I know I've said it previously. There's no sense in doing a town hall now, and then we go through a series of events and announcements right afterwards. That's not very fair. Uh, I, I view it as kind of underhanded. You, you know, I know what's going to be happening, so to do a town hall prematurely, uh, to me, a company would do that if they're trying to avoid answering questions, you know, after the fact. Uh, so I, let's... Let's just give that a little more time. 
and I want to make sure that I, I am capable of addressing all shareholders or as many as possible directly, not just for me. It'll be members of the team that'll be there, and then you can get your questions answered. This is going to be as much of a resource for me as it is for you. I'd rather you get the information directly from us, as you can tell by questions on uh, office addresses and uh, you know schedules and queues. I see people are this individual is quoting a few people that are referencing other dates on quarters. So I'd rather you just get it from me. It's going to be the most trusted, accurate source of information you can uh, get. So the next question was, what are some other companies, CEOs, leaders you admire and why? I'm not going to go through the entire list. I, I read and study quite a bit um, in reference to other companies and other leadership. Um, there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, you, you probably don't recall who that is. It, uh, Charles Brewer, I believe his name was. He founded a company called Mindspring, no longer in existence. They were based out of Atlanta. Uh, the way it wasn't just what they did with the internet. They, they're now Earthlink, I believe, or they, they merged with something else and followed it most recently. They were one of the largest internet providers uh, in the world, but it was more about how they managed their Atlanta offices and their employees. Same thing with a few a few other uh, CEOs. So when, when you ask this question, and I don't want to ramble on because this is a very good question, but for me, I take pieces of what, you know, to me, it's not any one CEO and that, that person's the, the end all. Um, I know most people are going to, you know, the canned answer is, you know, Buffett, Bezos, and so forth. And, and again, great CEOs. Uh, but I, I take specific things. I think that what Buffett did, not just, okay, one thing that he did. That I, that I admire and I, and I look at for reference is the ability to build a conglomerate, even though many people may not understand why you're adding certain uh, acquisitions or assets. Uh, he was able to do something and mitigate risk across a broad spectrum of, of segments and then build value within the company. He's done many other things, obviously. I, this is would be a far too long video to go over that. Bezos is another one with taking something out of the garage, which I can relate to, you know, it wasn't actually in the garage, but I, I did start the company on a on a folding table and folding chair uh, years ago, uh, originally with just UAT. So uh, I, I admire the ability to take something that most might think are not a great idea or not really going to go anywhere, and then consistently adapt to grow a company in so many different directions that you now have one of the, the the largest retailers uh, in the world. Uh, and then there's others. There's Marilyn Eusen, obviously, uh, for those who don't know, former chief executive over at uh, Lockheed and uh, now uh, the chairman over there. Uh, you know, she she piloted the, no pun intended, the Sikorsky acquisition. Uh, and, and she had that. She's done quite a few uh, in that sector. Lisa Sue over at AMD is another one. What she's done with semiconductors and how she's, able to focus uh, the, the corporate um, assets and, and corporate, you know, that, that attention and resources dedicated to that specific area have essentially made AMD, um, you know, one of the, the, the top leading chip manufacturers in the, in the world. So, you know, to me, uh, you know, you got to look at, it's not one thing. No, no CEO is going to do everything perfect. But when they do something great, it's it's interesting to follow that path and see how they got there. 
and then how once they identified that path, how they navigated that path. So there, there's there's quite a few um, that I could think of. Think of uh, like I said, Jobs. You know, he he's another one where he was able to create a product, multiple products, well revolutionize one product that everybody's using, and then also create products that we didn't even know we needed, um, and then build that into something that is. Almost we can't do without, right? I'm sure. I mean, technically we could, but there, there's, um, I don't. There, there, I think that there, these types of attributes are are what differentiates someone in that uh, executive uh, position. So you know, uh, another one would be uh, Ginny uh, Rometty over at IBM. Or what she's done. I mean, she piloted the the acquisition of Price Waterhouse Coopers. One, one of the, the divisions, I believe, I forget which division it was. Uh, I think it might have been, um, I don't recall. But anyway, that those negotiations were, were brilliant, and, and, and those are some of the things, uh, some of the people that I, uh, there's a long list. I read, I read about a lot of them uh, and a lot of different leadership techniques and so forth. A, a lot of it, for me, is not just the business side of turning a profit, but also how you manage human capital. So going back to MindSpring, what they did is they had a, a, a revolutionary way of doing things. IBM was another one that identified, I'm sorry, AT&T was another one that identified uh, how to manage human capital. Do, do you pay them more? Do you give them recognition? What do they respond better to? Obviously, recognition won out, so we're very, we're, we're very big on recognizing people's achievements and contributions here. Um, and then once we build out the facility, things that they have over at Google, Facebook, and originally started with MindSpring doing things differently, um, I, I think, you know, Mr. Brewer over there was brilliant in how he set up that office, uh, and it was um, a much more relaxed, less formal environment. We're, we're pretty formal over here, uh, but you can you can have a marriage of both, so uh, hopefully that answers that question. Um, I often mention uh, Hygieia can be used in almost anything. Uh, will UATG license Hygieia to other manufacturers? Uh, we already have. That's the Hygieia Skincare line for the Dreaming Company. We haven't acquired the Dreaming Company, but we originally licensed Hygieia to the Dreaming Company. There are other companies, such as Nextcast, which is going to be using the technology, Factor Scientific. All of those are licensing agreements. Um, as far as what we're going to be doing in the future, originally, I think I said this, originally, that's all I wanted to do with it. Um, we were just going to license it and or sell it. And that didn't work out very well because the manufacturers, they're very large uh, in, in the textile, you know, sports athletic uh, arena here. Uh, but it, they wanted to change it to make it more profitable, but would have would have sacrificed efficacy of the product. That wasn't going to work for me. So then we proceeded forward with Hygieia socks. And now we're going to be going into, obviously, a few different things. Uh, okay, so the next question is... Uh, what about coming up with a baby line, Hygieia clothing, cloth diapers, onesies, rattles, etc. Uh, skincare line for babies, uh, pets, pro pet products, and so on. So anything with SPF. Okay, so we've already announced that we are going to be going into uh, that area as far as Hygieia Kids and Hygieia Baby. Um, we own those uh, names and domains. The cloth diapers wouldn't work. You don't want to, the cloth diapers would have to be bleached. 
uh, bleach would would pull the uh, the uh, encapsulated silver out of the of the the product, which is why the instructions on your socks, your white socks, tell you do not bleach your socks. So <clears throat> it's on the website too, I believe. So uh, as far as onesies, rattles, etc., we are looking into how how we can test to make sure that something that's going to be put in your mouth regularly would be safe. As far as clothing, it's already proven to be safe. So we are going to be moving into that. As far as uh, lip balms and stuff, you know, and those types of products. So that would go under the Dreaming Company. Yes, they are looking at products for uh, sunburn repair, uh, and they will be launching something along those lines. Also, lip balm is another one. Lip gloss, I think, some type of lip treatment. Uh, we, they're working on, and um, there's a few other things I won't get into as far as baths and, and bombs and all that kind of stuff. There's going to be a, a bath lotion and, and so forth that, they're, uh, that they are working on releasing. There's an endless line of products uh, that they are working on, and I'm on those weekly calls with them. So they are moving forward with that. What's the newest with Ossifix, UAT Clearview, Wrist Fixator? Uh, okay, so I've, I've addressed that as far as wrist fixator, the Clearview wrist fixator under UIT uh, Biotech. Ossifix is in the process of uh, registering. Uh, you, obviously, when you when you are dealing with human bone, there are some filings and registrations we have to go through. So we are in the process of uh, doing becoming a registered agent. That's the next thing. Uh, like to know more about the green tech. Is Intrepid still in the picture? Very odd that I'm getting that question. Um, I got a phone call about Intrepid. This goes, this this kind of stresses due diligence. So as shareholders, we really need to be responsible for our own due diligence because we're getting a lot of. I don't know if this circulates on a board somewhere, um, but this is uh, Intrepid's from 2014. I, I requested uh, the resignation of that particular chief executive and uh, received it. Accepted it did the we filed with the board of directors and Intrepid was completely spun off along with that chief executive uh, and removed as the president position in UATG. This now this is information that is eight years old, uh, roughly somewhere six seven years old. But it, it this uh, goes to making sure that if we're going to do due diligence, we need. I would recommend going backwards to to spot check or Google uh, uh, press releases, those are obviously going to be old. So let's go backwards so you can see the path. But that's probably the best way to get the most pertinent, accurate information is to go backwards because you're going to get the most recent first. And then if you want to research something, that's great. But the, um, that, like I said, that, that's, a very, that's old information. Uh, so the next part of that question was green tech which is, uh, you know, a great, we've talked about this a couple of times. We're going to be making some announcements on Green Tech very soon. Uh, we've got a couple of really exciting things that, that we're working on, and I think we'll have something out here in the coming weeks to you uh, in reference to uh, a couple of things in Green Tech, actually. Uh, I know a lot of people know about the battery. I think there's some confusion that that's in the Green Tech division, but that's, that's where it's at. So that the, the power cell, we refer to it, that's going to start off in, in some iteration, in Nextcast, and then we have a few other things that we're we're going to be putting part of that technology. Um, 
So that's that question. And as far as um, I oh the acquisition of another subsidiary. So right, I alluded to that. That's fair. But I I we are reviewing several potential candidates. Now when they're going to be executed on, I won't say is anyone's guess because I have a, a fair idea on time frame. That's a process that takes time. Uh, some acquisitions can, can take over a year, uh, even when you go through the due diligence process. Then you enter into negotiations and so forth, which identify your interest. Uh, there's a few that have come about a couple different ways. We'll, we'll go over that in a future video once, once the announcements are made. But the, uh, we're not going to go into, I would never make a video about <clears throat> a subsidiary we're about to acquire or going to acquire on this date in the future. We would never do that. That would be a press release. And then after that, we can do a, a video and discussion, discuss it on social media. This, this kind of want, makes me think I should reiterate something uh, because we've gotten a few phone calls and comments. Social media is not an official uh, press release. It's not a replacement for official press release. We, we need to announce it publicly to everyone. So there are accepted uh, mediums for that, and, and that's what we're going to use, and you'll get an official press release on something. This is more or less a communication tool to keep all the shareholders current and to be able to interact and address with shareholders so that I can, I can field any questions or concerns um, as close to live as possible. We, we would not do it. If I wanted to do this via a format that would be acceptable for press releases, then we would be doing a press release every week, and that's not going to happen, uh, which is going to lead me to another question here that I saw. Uh, this is asking about... Uh, the, okay, the two, the two weapons platforms that are uh, rifle platforms. Any other weapon systems in development? Or, okay. So I've said this a couple times, so I want to be very, very clear. And, and anytime I get this question, you're going you're gonna to get the same answer from me. We will never discuss any advanced research or anything pertaining to weapons platforms via social media, uh, press release will make maybe an announcement on a contract uh, or on, on any phone call. And, and to be clear, for those who think they're going to call and ask, just so just so you know, you know, the the uh, applied sciences division as well as sword, which is what many people have asked about, that particular division is completely separate within the chain of command and answers directly to me. So the only person's going to answer those questions would be me. And I've said publicly many times. We're not going to be discussing that. I understand that this may be something of interest, but with all that we do, let's not fit, focus on the things that we cannot discuss. Discretion is very important in these areas, and we're going to maintain that level of discretion and security for very serious reasons. So there will be no more discussion on any other weapon systems uh, and any advanced technology. What I will answer uh, about the rifle, since we've discussed that, is that will only be released for government and law enforcement. So there is there should be no question about civilian purchases. It's not going to happen. Uh, and then as far as when that's going to happen, that has been, been, I would say, tabled for some time. There is a margin issue with that. The, these weapons are not your traditional standard uh, M4s um, uh, in or M14s in reference to what you're familiar with. These have certain materials in them. They're pretty advanced and they're of the highest level and quality. So they're expensive. 
what I'm trying to tell you, and the margins are small. So in order to produce them, there's a high cost with a smaller uh, return on, on your investment. We're still going to manufacture them for the, for the purpose of supplying those types of platforms uh, to the federal government and to uh, local agencies when we can. There's a, there, you have to, when you're sitting in my chair, you have to take a look at cost allocation. And when you have capital, you need to make sure that you're allocating it in, in areas that bring the greatest return, especially during, during the growth phase, right? So we're going to, that is tabled, it's been tabled for some time. When you look at the costs associated with developing you know, a thousand rifles and what the return on that's going to be, uh, and in, when we first were talking about it, it was thousands. So it became very expensive very quickly. You know, when you look at, when you compare civilian M4 variants, an M14 variants, a lot of these things can be produced for a couple hundred bucks, manufactured a couple hundred bucks. We would never sell those. That That's not the standard here. Our, the cost on our rifles are almost 10 times that. Cost, cost, cost of goods and services. To, so, and the retail would only be somewhere, it'd be less than 30%. So, all right. Uh, and there's also costs associated with uh, manufacturing these things as well. Uh, so uh, robotics, automated automation is something that we're looking at, not in your, your traditional automation with a robot per se. Uh, robotics is something that we are, uh, we have taken a look at. Automation in different areas for business management and development is something that we are actually reviewing right now. Uh, this is asking about patents, trademarks, viruses. Okay, so, so, so okay, so patents and trademarks. There are several um, that we filed. Then there are those that we don't file. Now, this is, I know, a difficult concept for some shareholders to understand. But when you take a look at other manufacturers, especially in our space, right? Uh, especially within UAT, that's going to be the one for the most part. There are many things that we don't patent that we've developed. You patent something, it's now public information and it is susceptible to being either copied, stolen, etc. Now I know you're going to say, well, no, that there's patent protection. I'm not worried about John Doe somewhere in Arizona copying our technology. We're about uh, foreign actors and how that may compromise certain security measures we've taken, and then a potential uh, domestic customer that would eventually purchase and implement that technology, that would be a security threat. So we don't file patents on everything. And then we also don't brand uh, for that specific reason for trademarking those particular technologies. Everything else, we are going to focus. There's there's quite a few in the pipe. There's quite a few things in the pipeline that we have not patented uh, that we are looking to get get to. We just haven't gotten to it. There are costs associated with that. Again, this is about cost management, right? So if you have a certain uh, amount of capital uh, as a resource, you have to allocate that in ways that bring you the greatest return. So uh, we're allocating capital in different areas. We will get to more patents, many more trademarks. There's there's a long list. So we are working on that. Uh, I think that's it. This is, these are all repetitive uh, questions, it looks like. And I think those are all the questions. A couple of duplicates here. 
Hopefully that answered everybody's question. If I miss something, by all means, contact us and we'll respond directly. Uh, or a good idea would be to ask on one of the social media threads or uh, platforms there, and then we can answer that question because you don't know. that You might have a question that someone else has. So if we answer it publicly on, on the social media, you'll, you know, uh, I think on Twitter, we have what, 40,000 people or so. So they would all be able to get to see that answer, and that would be uh, nice as a shareholder to um, share that with everyone. Okay, so hopefully this answered everyone's question. I'm going to run. I, again, I'm always apologizing for the length of the video, uh, but it's, we've got a lot going on today. So hopefully this uh, helped everybody, and I look forward to talking to you in the next video. Thank you.